I'm Natalie Jackson, Director of Totally Runnable Limited and Nonprofit C Sporty B Sporty CIC, and welcome to C Sporty B Sporty. In this season, we're talking all things big challenges. Why? Because I am taking on what might well be considered a crazy challenge, although perhaps not to today's guest, to run around 100 miles across Yorkshire in England. Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty are both based in Yorkshire and we work in schools and with organisations across the north of England and beyond. And I will be raising awareness as I go about the gender sport gap in primary schools and the ways we are working to close it. My guest today is no stranger to a challenge. She started running at the age of 53 and has since um, increased her distance to include 24 hour races, 100 mile races, 190 mile races. She set a Guinness world record running from Land's End to John O'Groats in 2019. And she has just taken on an amazing challenge to celebrate her 62nd birthday, which I am dying to ask her all about. She goes by the name The Running Granny, and I am very excited to welcome Angela White. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So it's, a, it's an honour and a privilege to be here. And um, yeah, when I hear you, when I hear you reel off that list of things, it um, yeah, I, I, I suppose I don't think about them on a regular basis. So, but it sounds sounds quite enormous when you put it like that. <laughs> So, it, well, it is. Do you, you. Have, do you prefer to be called Angela White or do you prefer the running granny? I don't mind, but I'm not, <laughs> I, you know, call, call me Angela for the first <laughs> I'm not going to call you granny or anything. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for being a part of the C Sporty B Sporty podcast. It is great to meet you. We haven't met in real life. I've just followed your journey over sort of lockdown and, and recent months. And um, yeah, nice to nice to finally meet you. Um, Likewise. So we will be starting today's episode as ever with a game that I like to call 11 Things Everyone Should Know About Angela White. Okay. So it's all multiple choice. It's whatever your answer is, is you can think about it quickly. You can take a second, think about it if you need. But um, yeah, it's really to find out a bit more about you and see uh, see what you prefer. And you, who knows, you might find out some things about yourself. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So here we go. First question. Cake or pie? Cake. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Invisibility or super strength? Difficult one probably go for super strength now warm weather or cold weather uh, for running uh definitely cold weather love actually or bend it like beckham oh love actually hot chocolate or coffee now i do prefer both but um i'll probably go for hot chocolate digital watch or analog watch digital watch box sets or movies movies singing or dancing i'm not good at either but uh, marginally singing watching football or watching tennis it would have to be tennis and last question cardio or weights if it's outside then it's cardio if it's in the gym then it would be weights Ooh. interesting oh so I want to start you by asking you about your latest challenge. Tell us all about 62 at 62. Okay, so um, I am six, I was 62 this year. I wanted to, I suppose I was looking for, uh, looking for 
another way to sort of push my boundaries and explore what um, you know what what capabilities that there are. I mean, it's one of the themes for me personally through the challenges I've done is and why I've done them is to see is my sort of being totally amazed about what the body will do for you when you are you when you ask it to. So at the end of last year, back, well, back in October, I supported a friend who was doing um, something called the Steve Parr Round, which is 61, the, the 61 uh, highest Lake District summits. Um, and I was, uh, when I was thinking about what I might do at some point later on, um, I thought, well, actually, if I add another one, make it 62, then I could attempt to do this. Now, I've never done a mountain challenge before, not as such. I've obviously done a number of um, events which uh, you know, are run in the mountains and, and, and the, the national parks and so on. But I've never taken on one of, uh, one of these um, really, what I see as quite intense, challenging mountain challenges. So there's, there's something called the Bob Gray and there's something else called the Joss Naylor. Uh, Lake District Challenges, both of which I always thought would be well beyond my physical capabilities. Um, not least because I, there's a lot of elevation in there, which means a lot of descent. And I have some arthritis in my left knee, um, which I've spent the whole, my whole running career you know, trying to protect. So I don't run fast down hills. Um, anyway, so I just I thought about it and I thought, well, this is it, it was it was challenging in many ways, not least for the number of summits and the number of ascent, the amount of ascent, but also because on the route, there were um, a number of places where I had some personal demons to face. So for example, I, I really struggle with areas that are exposed. So ridges, um, uh, some some of the really steep, um, some of the you know some steep, gritty, slippery climbs. Um, I struggle with particularly going up gullies or <laughs> scrambles where, whilst I might not look down, I know that there's a big drop behind me. So, um, so I I decided that this was going to you know, possibly be the challenge of a lifetime. So it was the 62 highest Lake District summits all bar one over 2,500 feet. And the one that wasn't was only four feet short. <laughs> um, a total of 116 miles and a, something over 46,000 feet of ascent, it's now looking like when I've been working out the stats. Um, and somebody challenged me, said, well, I said it was 62 at 62 and somebody challenged me to do it in 62 hours, which I didn't achieve, but nevertheless, it was worth putting out there um, as, you know, so you can, you can achieve a challenge and, and fail a part of it. Um, but, you know, it's, um, it was awesome. How long did but, it take you then in the end? It was 75 and a half hours in the end, Ooh. but because I had only three and a half hours sleep or three hours, 35 minutes sleep, I think I've calculated in the whole of that time, um, I really struggled on the last leg. But what was, I think the other thing that it did was, was it brought together for me, um, you know, you, none of these, you don't do these things on your own. These, a lot of the preparation you can, you can do on your own but it's a team effort and the team that 
that, that volunteered themselves to uh, come and support and be around me and get me through that. Many of them I had actually been for somewhere between 18 months and two years. So, yes, yeah, so, the, so the team, I think, was 19 people in total, two of whom were dedicated to road support and the others were all part, party to one or more legs of activity supporting me on, the fells, the, on the, the, the fells themselves. So that would be navigating, carrying my food, carrying my kit um, and uh, generally encouraging me and chivying me along um, where, where, they, where they could. But... It was the, the all bar the last legs were totally uplifting. But by the time I got to the last leg, it was it became really hard for me. I was having to um, dig quite deep into reserves to try and overcome the sleep deprivation that I had. Um, the even last not having even just going. I mean, I've got a three-year-old, so I know a little bit about sleep deprivation, but I don't think I've gone anywhere near 75 hours on three and a half hours sleep. That's just that by itself is, is a huge um, undertaking. Yeah, I've never done, I've never gone that, that long on so little. I did have more rest in that time, but during, the re during that rest period, that's, um, that's what I've calculated the sleep to have been based on what the times that I saw on, you know, when I checked my watch to see uh, how long I'd been lying there just resting. I mean, the key, thing, the key thing is to just, you know, whilst you're resting, to have certain strategies in your head for stopping your mind working too hard. And I think one of the... One of the things I found that was different on this challenge from some of the self-supported event, events that I've done is that I wasn't having to think about um, what I call my own dashboard in terms of um, when I was going to feed myself, where I was going to pick up water next, how far it was to the next point, because the crew were doing all of that for me, um, which was which was really helpful. And of course I wasn't carrying a rucksack either. So I was completely free to, you know, to move at ease. Um, I yes. think it's absolutely amazing. And I think um, brilliant that you had such a great team about you, but actually what an amazing challenge to take on. 62 of the highest peaks in the Lake District. 62 is just such a big number. I can't even get my head around that. I remember following you. You had a, a map online of where you were going to be and how it was going to go. And I remember looking and uh, looking at the start and there was this, this, it just looked like a massive distance and all these peaks. And how did you feel? So let's let's go back a step to, to when you started. So you'd done all the prep you already, you had the team in place. How did you feel on setting off? Those running is such a one foot in front of the other thing. And actually you never have to do more than that one step at one time. And I often think about that with my own running and challenges, but those first few steps, how did that feel? Oh, liberating. I think the, the, the once you, once that six, once it came to six o'clock on Sunday the 6th, uh, then it all becomes simple. There's nothing I can do anymore to think about providing instructions, doing any further training, sorting any further logistics. Um, all I have to do is, as you say, just put one foot in front of the other, um, which, is, which is so much easier. Anything that hasn't been done or anything that's been forgotten, it's it, you know, potentially too, <laughs> too late to do anything about it. Um, 
I had some anxieties. I had, when I first set the challenge, I was, was back in, for myself, it was back in December. And at that point, I thought I had a good four and a half months to train for it on the basis that I would need some weeks at the end to taper. Um, and then, of course, we got to the very first few days of January and we went into three months of lockdown, which meant I couldn't get to the hills that I needed to recce and train on. Mm. So training became uh, an incredibly intense activity starting on the what well, was actually the 30th of March, as soon as we were allowed to tra start traveling. Um, and it was very much crammed, you know, the, the crammed into the next four weeks, um, the last two, I, I had hoped that I would have six weeks of good training, but the last two weeks it started to snow in the lakes um, and it meant that I couldn't do long days out. Um, it was also, it's also quite challenging to move in snow. Um, so whilst I continued to train for the final two weeks, um, they were short, short journeys out. So I did have, I'm, I work as, I sort of, I regard myself as my own coach. I don't tend to. Um, I, 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 I've learned what I've learned over the over the years. I listen to my body and I work. You know, I have a plan which I flex as needed. Um, and I had a plan for what I hoped to get to in training, but because the last the snow in the last two weeks, I never actually achieved it. So there were some anxieties on my part as to whether I was fit enough to and strong enough to be able to do what I had I had in front of me um, did you ever think about moving it or changing it or not doing it or well the challenge with doing that is that I had other events in the calendar for this year which had been postponed from last year and so I had I'd, I'd set the 62 midway between two of those events so that I had enough time to recover from the one going into the other. And then, as I say, I've got the Lakeland 100 at the end of July, so which is only another uh, it'll be four weeks Friday. So um, I needed time to recover for that. And so the only way it could have been postponed probably would be would have been to put it into next year and then I'll be 63 and I'd have had to find <laughs> another peak to do. <laughs> it's only going to get worse if you put it up. <laughs> I think there is an element, there is an element of that, yes. But, I, uh, but uh, you know, never say never. I, re I did enjoy, I did enjoy it. It was, um, it was a fabulous challenge. Um, and one of the interesting things, often when you've been training for something, there's a and you've completed it and you've given so much to it, there's a void at the end that can feel, you know, you feel as if you've come out of a bubble and, um, and that it's, and uh, uh, life, life it, things can seem a little low for a while, but, but with this, I haven't had that experience at all. I've just, the whole event was so uplifting. Everybody, the, myself and the team, seem to really enjoy that special time out on the hills with you know they, they were as, as determined and focused as I was on getting me through it um, and I've just left been left with this you know this big grin on my face and this this feeling of of my life having been you know incredibly enhanced by the whole experience. Uh, I love hearing you talk about that and talk about it being 
the, like going through it being an uplifting experience and I'd love to think of that for for my own challenge in what what do you have any particular memories of of super uplifting moments or was it a general feeling um I think the so 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 I started off with a team of four and we did the first three peaks um and then we arrived in uh, Braithwaite and there was a hive of activity with um, which I would have loved to have stopped and soaked up, but I had a very short time scale in which to change, you know, to air my feet, change socks and shoes, eat something, drink something and get back onto the next leg. Um, but by the time I got to the second, the end, the next transition in Buttermere, um, I, I'd sort of formed this, this view of myself as a sort of pass the parcel at a party, um, but what a great party. So I was able to, you know, I was sort of parceled up, I was you know, looked after by, by one team with great banter, catching up on stories, hearing, you know, everybody's ambitions and what they're hoping to do now. We've come out of lockdown, then being passed on to the next group um and spending you know you know four or five hours of quality time with with another with another four folks and then the next leg was much longer um and here i was with uh two you know phenomenal athletes who both hide their lights under a bushel um and neither of them had i seen for probably two years and it was just um it, it was it was just really special but also on that leg we came to steeple which is one of those hills that i tried to get out onto a number of times before and just couldn't and i have a real um a real real mental challenge with it um one of the team had been kind enough to come out a number of times with me and on one of those occasions we'd gone out to steeple and he'd got me across there which i with just gentle encouragement and also my confidence in him you know he's a he's a real mountain guru what he doesn't know about the mountains isn't worth knowing and even though i got out there <laughs> i knew i had to come back across it because it's an out and back um and i knew i'd still be terrified but at least i knew i could i know i can do it so I was armed with that confidence. And as I say, with these two guys, Dan and Mick, getting me out, you know, getting out there again, you know, I was equally terrified, but equally had confidence in them to get me through it. So, so that was probably, that was, that was one of the, the bigger demons that I had to face on, on that route. Um, and then we had uh, a fabulous sunset and uh, <laughs> a very exciting scramble up Kirk Fell just as the light was fading, um, where I had so much adrenaline going. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just knew I had to keep moving forward. Um, yeah, and then we headed down and that was the first night I spent on um, at Stihead Tarn where another of the, 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 the team, um, my mountain guru friend had set up a camp for me and that was really special as well so the whole the whole journey was just so special but I, that that leg I've, I've got lot you know I've got lovely memories from all of it but uh, I think overcoming steeple um is it was a big thing for me again I think what I love hearing you talk about with that is that um it's very easy as a 
like quote unquote normal normal person to look at people doing these big challenges or look at people doing amazing things that you're not even sure are possible and think oh well I couldn't do that well that's amazing that she's done that I can do that but I love and I don't love that you've gone through it as yes maybe I do maybe because I think you have gone through it but I love that you are cognizant and capable to talk about the struggles that you've been through you know saying things like you you had a mental challenge you were terrified of that you didn't know you could do it and then it was knowing you could do it on the way back and um those exposed areas that you were talking about earlier on the ridges and the steep climbs and the gritty scrambling I love hearing you talk about that because that's the bit we don't always hear about isn't it like we hear about it's all great to say uh, you know the running granny completed this challenge and 62 at 62 that's the headline behind how important are those bits behind how important are sharing those bits behind it to you It's really important. Um, And what we need to remember is that my journey started back in 2008, nine, 12 years or so ago now, when I was overworking, overweight, uh, unfit, and increasingly unhappy. Um, I had some personal challenges at the time, um, both at work and, uh, and at home. And I, kept getting glimpses of myself uh, in this state and decided and, and I realized that you know I needed to do something about it. Nobody else was going to do it. Um, and I needed to sort myself out. So I started taking what I um, now call my small steps, which involved the first thing I did was to walk and I would take 10 minutes, 15 minutes out every evening and leave the house and go and take a walk and and at this point you I mean we if for anybody that hasn't followed your journey you were not any kind of runner at all before this point so how old were you at, at this point when you were so uh well I didn't even start I didn't start running until 2012 which when I was 53 I had you know years ago done uh you know belonged to a gym and done a little bit of um you know got, got gone out for what, what you call a run with a with a with with some folks from from there but I wasn't uh, I wasn't a runner uh, and I hadn't done anything for um, you know probably 20 years or something so um, I just sort of devoted myself to work for for years and to the family Um, which I think is something super relatable you know it's uh, you know a lot of people work and family you know that that can take up your whole life being all those roles and doing all those things and and they are there are lovely parts of of both of that but actually you found that that was to your your own detriment I guess in just focusing on all of that yeah I, I did and when I and so you know you have to I'd, I'd back in 2007 I had three family members who were all seriously ill at the same time and in the space of four months they they um sadly died and that's not unu- that's not an unusual situation again for many women uh, and men in their 40s and 50s they can find that partners or family members become frail um, need more and more care and during that time you lose your social contacts as well because you haven't got time you're looking after the kids you're working you're looking after the kids you're looking after the home and you have the increasing time that you need to spend looking after family members especially if like mine they lived at the you know a number of hundreds of miles away so you're having to drive regularly back and forth to to uh, undertake practical um support 
So one of the things with the walking was that, you know, here I was a couple of years on and initially I'd go out for 10 minutes feeling really guilty that, I, that there were all these things needed doing in the house um, or for the kids uh, and that I shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be taking time for myself. But I gradually got used to it. And one of the next things I did was to take the phone with me and start to ring people. So I would make contact with family members that I was you know, regularly checking up on uh, and chatting to. Um, and then I started ringing people that I hadn't spoken to for years. Um, a huge amount of anxiety as well before doing before each of those calls, because I was I'd think, well, you know, They'll think I've ignored them. They'll wonder why I'm bothering to ring now. They might be unpleasant to me. They might not want to know. But, but in actual fact, every single one of them was, you know, was pleased to hear from me and totally understood what had been going on. And um, they were probably going through the same stuff and feeling the same things and but not finding that, not finding that step of not doing those small steps of calling yeah. you or they were, yeah, they probably were very, very in a very similar position to you. That's right. But but um, I think also, you know, people also people will also say, well, you know, I know you're busy, so I don't want, you know, don't want to bother you or yeah. what have you. When in fact, actually, you know, I did really want to be bothered. <laughs> and, I still, and, I still, and I still I still want to be bothered. I'd much rather, you know, you know, in, investing that time in your friendships and your social contacts is so important. Um and that is one of the small steps that you advocate on your on your website, isn't it? The small steps, and I love that. Tell us a bit about that. So yeah, so so one of the things that so so I'm it, with with the other small steps fall into five categories really. So it's about um, about what you eat, what you drink, uh, your physical activity, and social contacts, and sleep, uh, which is the fifth is is a fifth and very important category, and one of the things that uh, so so I started to look at what I was eating I would but it's about changing things slowly I really I really hate before and after photographs I think some some people some people find them that they do help inspire them but for me to see to see that somebody you know the, the, the ones you see most frequently are are to do with weight loss so for me, but for me to see somebody um, go from 20 stone in one photograph to 10 stone in the next photograph or whatever it is, I, I just can't relate to that because it doesn't happen overnight. It's such a long journey. And so I, I don't, I don't for, for me, those photographs don't, those, those images don't work. But what I did was to start to just look at things that were easily doable within my um, my lifestyle, and I still I still do this now. And we all backslide as well, you know. It's not about being perfect. None of us are saints. Things happen, and you know, you'll head for a you'll head for the chocolates or the biscuit tin or the cream cake or a glass of wine or whatever it happens to be, um, and that's okay. But if you've got if you've adopted lifestyle changes which are healthy then you're more likely to go back to those you know so a couple of days backsliding isn't going to alter a, you know, a lifestyle choice um so it's things like you know small things that you can do that aren't going to break the bank in terms of your in the energy you need to invest in them so 
changing, swapping things like a couple of biscuits with your morning coffee for an orange or an apple for a piece of fruit. Um, taking taking the, the snack bar out of your lunchbox, again, replace it with, with a piece of fruit. Drinking drinking a glass of water instead of your co you know instead of more coffee. Um, it's it's things that you can do, and you don't even need to do these every day. You can start by doing you know aiming to do them two or three times a week. But those small changes will you know you'll be gradu gradually be able to bring into your you know your regular lifestyle, and then you can add to that. You know, you know, use a smaller glass for your wine in the evening, you know, pour a smaller amount, be the person who offers to, you know, one for me, was be, be the person who offers to drive every time you go out. And, you know, that will make sure that you're not the one that's drinking. It and all actually, adds up though, doesn't it? And I think it, that it adds up to, in your case, it adds up to these big challenges, actually. You know, I love it, that thought of, we, it don't, does. we don't know what we're capable of. And actually, until you start, and you can't start with, a giant leap to just go and you know run 62 mountains in you know the first week or whatever but actually it's possible that's right you're setting yourself up to fail if you do you know if, if you attempt something too big too soon that's not to say that people shouldn't have those ambitions i think so when we so when people set their targets for um, new year's resolutions for example and they're going to hit the gym for a month or what have you i mean you know we we know the facts gym memberships are you know sell like hot cakes in the first week of january but by the second or third week you know fewer than something like 10 percent of people are still actually using that using that membership um if you if you it's got to the, the best way to build things up is to start small so for you know, for, for any goals that you have, it's um, it's look at the big goal and then look at well, what are the smaller goals and small achievable goals that I can that I can achieve and celebrate en route towards the bigger goal. Um, and if you think my, I think there are thirty small steps on my website, and if you adopted one of those a month, then it would take you two and a half years to complete them all. Um, but I can guarantee that if you were to do that, then you would be you know, healthier and happier at the end of it. So running for me came in about the third year, so 2012, when I happened to see a little advert that somebody had put out saying they were setting up a running group for mature women or people returning from injury. Um, again, it, it, I made a note of the number thinking, well, that would be good to do. Um, and it took me the best part of a month, I think, maybe longer to actually make the call because I had that same 20 ways to kill an idea that we all have. Who am I to think that I could go out and do this? I'll be too fat. I'll be the last. Everybody will laugh at me. I'll look ridiculous. What will people say? You know, that's, you, 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 it's so easy to talk yourself out of something. The bravest and most courageous step you can take on any journey is that first one. It's overcoming all of that negativity that's in your head. And, you know, whatever it is you take up, you what you, you decide to try you might you, you may find you love it but you may not 
but it will all it will all work. it will generally lead you somewhere positive you know if you try just having the confidence to try one thing may well give you the confidence to try something else um you're all, you'll meet that. new people as well you'll you'll make new social contacts and as we age it's really important to um, widen your social contacts um I have through my running met so many wonderful people uh, all by my all by my um my youngest son who was out supporting me last week are all people I've met over the last nine years of my running journey um and you know without doing that running I would not have met these wonderful people um who are just so enthusiastic to help you achieve what you what you're setting out to do it's and why it's do you think they are enthusiastic do you think because i i know why i think they're enthusiastic but why do you think all these people are enthusiastically supporting you to help you achieve that goal that you've set uh that's a good question probably for a number of reasons uh i think they they all uh, for the most they're, they're all outdoors people so it's something that they all enjoy doing themselves and they all believe is is, is a great thing to do um i think they i think there's probably a bit of um very much wanting to support me and the message that i'm trying to 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 give out around healthy aging and also trying to change perceptions of aging and what our expectations of our older age is um which I think and they're, and they're just good friends I mean I I get so much pleasure out of you know going out and supporting them doing things I can't run as fast as them so I'm not much good to them on the hills in terms of the pacing support and so on but I can support on the road and I can support I can support in other ways and that gives me great pleasure um it's it's a bit like I do one of my small steps is around volunteering um, or check and checking up on neighbors. When we do something positive for other people, it gives us a good feeling as well. We're, we're actually hardwired to, um, to be community, to be sociable um, and to support um, society. And I think, you know, in what I think that the support on the, on the hills falls into that same category yeah and i think that that um that feeling of you know we don't your message around healthy aging and particularly i think for women we still don't see enough older women in the media you know we see um there's there's been all kinds of research around how we see older women there was some newspaper research around the fact that we we see so many pictures of women in newspapers but the only woman over um a certain age that we see over 60 i think was the research is the queen that we see regularly we just don't see women in the media in in positive ways and and that's why i think it's just so important that message of healthy aging and and that empowerment message i think i was going to say that i thought people might want to support you because um, it's one of those things that that you're not sure, like you you know you you think is possible, but you don't know, and nobody's sort of done it, and it's like a big challenge. Do you think it inspires people to be around you in that sense and doing that challenge? Somebody who's who's pushing themselves, even though they're terrified and it's a mental challenge of some bits of it. 
Do you think that's an inspiring thing to, I think it's an inspiring thing to be around. I think that 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 may be that may be true in part, and certainly from my from my perspective, I I it's not a challenge if you know you can do it. So even if you've run fifty miles before, you know a different fifty miles over different terrain is still going to be a challenge if you don't know you can do it. And for for me, as I said, there was there was jeopardy with regards the my, what goes on in my it was with my um, it's not it's not fear of heights that I have it's some something to do with the peripheral vision so it's it's when I when my peripheral when the image in my periphery shows a big drop that's when I can freeze unpredictably uh, on uh, on these in these exposed areas um, so there was jeopardy in that for me but there was also jeopardy with regards to the fact that I can't run, you know, I can't run down these technical hills because of the, you know, if I, if I damage my knee, if I were to damage my knee further, um, it might stop me running altogether. <laughs> and, and I need to be, you know, I want to be careful from that because running has become really important to me. Mm. Um, but I think, I think there is, I think the, the jeopardy there, and yes, people people want people, if people, if you see somebody doing something, you you know, you know that, you know that feeling when you're watching something on television, you're desperately wanting them to achieve, they want them to score that goal yeah. or to, to reach that finish line, you know, you're, you're sitting there with, the, you know, your own adrenaline is rising watching it. Um, and I think there's an element of that for everybody as well, but it's the community, you know, as a community, I was, I, the, the, it, there was a, an electricity in the air around my teams in pushing me forward. I, I could feel that. it. And I can definitely feel, even with my challenge, and my challenge is not as big as yours, and I think I don't want to do my own challenge down, because for me, I think it is big, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot that I'm not sure I can do, and, and et cetera. But um, I can feel around the people who are getting in touch with me and my sort of team that's building itself at the moment. There are people taking days off work and, you know, all sorts of big stuff that... Yes. it's going to affect their, yeah. their day or their week or you know the weeks leading up to it. there are people now training so they can run a bit further than they thought they could with me which I didn't didn't expect but I can feel the energy and I, I like that uh, in terms of your advice yeah. for me let's let's be honest Angela part of the reason you're here is because I want to <laughs> I want to pick your brains about my own challenge <laughs> what what I'm I'm now five weeks out. I'm running across Yorkshire. It's around a hundred miles. It's just short of a hundred miles. Um, I'm not doing anything sort of too. I'm not going to run with no sleep. I, I am going to sleep in you know each night in between. My plan is to go home most of the nights because it's not too far from home. What advice either for physical things I could do or for mindset things I could do? What what's your advice for me? Okay. Um, first of all is you know don't don't compare your challenge with mine or anybody else's a uh, hundred miles across Yorkshire is uh, you know over whatever period of time is an enormous challenge and it's your personal challenge so all the you know everything you've done so far in setting that up whether it's the training the logistics thinking about your nutrition where you're going to stop overnight and so on all of that is um, all of that has take will have taken a lot of time and a lot of effort um, and uh, it's a huge investment in in what you're doing so the 
the preparation for any of these things is by far a, 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 the, one of the most important parts of the success of the mission. So if you, you know, people, you know, if you, the, the, the simple thing is, you know, fa you know, fail to prepare and you're preparing to fail. Um, but uh, so, so that's all a good investment. I, I don't know how long you've been training for it or what your training has looked like in terms of your running. Um, your, how, how far are you looking to run every day? Um, so my route is planned. I'm going to recce what I think will be the trickiest parts of it. My um, shortest day is around 16 kilometers, so 10 miles-ish. And my longest yeah. day, I think, is 27 kilometers. So my maths is, is not what it should be. What, 18, 19 miles? So it's about, 18, about 18 miles. Okay. So but in terms of my training, I've, I've trained up. So I will, in the next couple of weeks, I will... Um, so I'm up to about 80 kilometers a week in terms of total mileage. I'm running most days now and I'm stretching my distance to do the longer distances. I'm just trying to go slow. That's part of my, one of my um, tricky bits is that I go too fast. <laughs> and then I, the next day I can't get up and run again. I've run marathons before. Um, so the distance isn't what bothers me necessarily. It's the getting up the next day and going again. Yeah, and that yes, and that was certainly when I did my first multi-day event. That was the thing that bothered me. Would I be able to get up and do it again the next day? So um, I think one of the key things is if you've been doing eighty k weeks, so there's fifty miles a week. One of the key things is you need to taper. You will have built up a huge amount of fatigue in your legs as you've been doing that. Um, you'll, you'll you will have adapted. Um, no doubt, but you will also have built up some fatigue. So you do need to take a good taper of something like two to three weeks. So what I'd probably do from three weeks out, uh, I would reduce your mileage to about 70% of what it, what it was the previous week, 50% the next, and in the week leading up to it, I'd probably reduce it to about 30, 20 to 30% and keep those runs relatively slow. You will not... Um, you're, you're not looking to do this at, at, a, at a rapid tempo pace because you basically you're looking to complete it and do yeah. and, and complete it in, in good condition. So I would during that time, I would focus on, you know, your nu nutrition and hydration um, in terms of your mindset. You can there's lots of things you can do for mindset. Um, but you, the most important thing is to, to, to just to visualize yourself achieving it. Um, not to think, uh, not to use words like in your thinking, like try and attempt. <laughs> Just oh, use definitely, use, yeah. I think that use, is, use yeah. words. You know, uh, you know, it's it's about the success of 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 the effort. Um, the if you could also do uh, adopt a run walk approach to um, to doing it. So if you Rather, as you say, you've been training more slowly. So, you know, take it at a, take it at a steady pace. Um, but, you know, you could, you can, depending on what terrain you're on, you know, you can run a walk, run a mile, walk a minute, those sorts of things, which give your muscles and your, your system a chance to uh, recover as you're going along. Because in ultra running, you do recover. You know, the one of the great things is that you do recover as you go. Um, so uh, as long as you're not uh, absolutely killing yourself and you don't need to kill yourself with those distances um, each day. 
And at the end of the day, you know, make sure you're eating and drinking during the during your running as well. Don't um, don't allow yourself to get uh, dehydrated. Um, eat regularly. So on my 62, I don't think you need to be quite as um, don't need to be quite as uh, intense as I was with it, but I had my crew water me, every, make sure I drank something every 15 minutes and feed me every 30 minutes. Um, uh, and that's just eating something small. And that, that's really about thinking about the body as an engine and just keeping it, keeping it topped up at all times. If you get behind, it's really difficult to, um, to catch up. Um, so oh, I've made so many notes, and honestly, I'm I've been quiet the last couple of minutes. I've been writing so many notes. I all of that I think is so so um, useful, so important, and I hope other people are getting something out of this because I am. Yeah. Well, the other the other things to do, of course, at the end of the day, make sure you get your legs up, make sure you elevate your legs because um, you know, you're. Um, you, you know you can get particularly if it's hot you can get some you can get some edema in your feet and in your legs um, and that once you've got some swelling in your in your legs it can impair um, the recovery that can take place overnight so if you've got um, if you've got things like uh, compression leggings or something of that order then it's worth putting the you know wearing those overnight um, and uh, you know eating 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 sensibly and you know, make sure you get a good recovery meal. Use a recovery shake, you know, of some description, a protein shake at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm um, now at the mileage where I need to start putting that sort of stuff into my routine. I haven't been doing, probably haven't been doing enough of that up till now, but yeah, I'm definitely starting to, to put that into my routine around the, I eat yeah. fairly well nutrition wise in general, but it's once I'm increasing my mileage, it is definitely... Um, needed to be a more important, more important part of it. But yeah, oh, I so love don't, all of that. Don't don't, um, don't use anything new on race day. So everything that you're yes. going to use or Always wear, make sure you've used, you've you've used beforehand. Um, you may, I, I suspect you won't, but you know, shoes and socks. You may find that your your feet swell a little bit. Um, but in which case you might want to have a pair of shoes available that are a pair of running shoes available that are a little bit more spacious and more comfortable than um, the ones you normally wear. Uh, so I will always use, so I used, I'm just trying to think how many, one, two, three, four, I think I used five different pairs, five different pairs of shoes on my 62. Okay. um depending partly on the terrain but also towards at the end the last three legs i used a pair of shoes that i was not expecting to use actually but they were uh, not expecting to use on at the end but they were by far the most comfortable because they had a slightly wider toe box and so my feet my toes weren't being squished <laughs> um what I'm yeah. getting here from Angela is it's about the preparation, but actually once you go in, it's about the flexibility. It's about knowing you can do it. It's about having that community around you. I love the idea. I've written down a couple of things that you said. The ultra running is about recovering as you go. And I think that's such, we always talk about running being such a metaphor for life. And I think there's an element of that in there. You've got to do the things you've got to elevate your legs you've got to have the preparation around there but actually we're 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 recovering like we're learning as we go and we're developing and we're it's like a metaphor for life I think isn't it 
yes favorite thing that you have said is it's not a challenge if you know you can do it because I think when I talk to people about this challenge and they ask the reason behind it and I say actually it's because I'm not sure I can I've not heard of anybody else doing it I'm not sure I'm sure it's possible for people to do it but I'm not sure I can do it but that doesn't mean I'm being negative or doesn't mean you know I believe I can do it and but yeah that's it's not a challenge if you know you can do it I love that yes and I think one of the one one of the one of one of the biggest things with everything from small steps uh, through to bigger goals is that it's when you when you when you tell somebody that you're you know your plans quite it's not unusual to get various forms of negative feedback um and i think particularly in my case from women of you know in women and men sometimes in my own you know around around my own age part of that is because i believe it's it, it can be difficult for people to essentially imagine the unimaginable they can't get yeah. their heads around the idea of you know if somebody tells you something you tend to put yourself in the position of somebody doing that in order to have a view of, of what that thing is um and I think it's very difficult for people sometimes to get their head around the idea that you're going to set off on this big on this big challenge, whether that's anything from stopping smoking after a lifetime of smoking to stopping drinking to losing weight to going to changing career in your 40s or your 50s, which are all eminently possible and are being done by loads and loads of people these days. Um, completely uprooting your family as I did so I so two things happened in my 30s I went to medical school and retrained as a, as a doctor and then a surgeon um, which was pretty unheard of um, because I you know I had a good career at the time and people didn't understand why I wanted to do that uh, in my 40s I moved um, moved my family you know, 250 miles to Cumbria <laughs> because you know for a lifestyle change Whereas my peer group at the time in the Southwest were all very settled. And the idea of uprooting yourself when you're settled was 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 just unimaginable to, to many of them. And probably quite um, scary. I, yeah, I, 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 yes, I guess I guess people do feel a bit threatened as well by, by things like this. But it's not letting other people put limits on what you want to do. You know, we, we are if. if we, we put our we, we limit ourselves by our you know we, by our own imagination but we can allow other people to limit us by listening to their fears for or concerns about what we might want to do um, and it's it, again it's it, it's be, being different from the crowd um, is it, it can can take a lot of courage for a lot of people um, but also, if you don't take that courageous step, then you're missing an opportunity to have a life enhancing experience. Um, and that will lead to more things as well. Angela, I cannot think of a way to end our podcast. We are out of time. I feel like I could talk to you all day. 
Um, I will absolutely be following you for any more. I want, I'm already wanting to know what your next challenge is going to be. I feel like you've got a lot going on. Where can we follow you? Where can we find out more about what you're up to? Okay, so my next challenge is the Lakeland 100 at the end of July. And the whether I've recovered or not enough to complete it, um, uh, you know, only time is going to tell. Um, you can follow me. Uh, my website is therunninggranny.co.uk. And on there, you'll find links to Facebook and Instagram accounts where I'm at the running granny and Twitter where it's running underscore granny. Um, there's also, um, I, I have a small social enterprise that I'm trying to get up and running so that we can help um, spread, raise awareness and give challenges to people and help people to uh, improve their quality of life as they age. And there is a donate button on the homepage of my website if anybody felt that uh, my mission was worthwhile and they would like to um, make a contribution to helping us get that going properly. I am sure they will. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an honour. It's lovely to meet you. You too. You have been listening to C-Sporty, B-Sporty's Challenger season, talking all things big challenges. For more of the same, you can follow at Totally Runnable on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn. Goodbye. You can follow my Running Yorkshire journey on social media using hashtag Running Yorkshire. And if you'd like to sponsor me or find out more about my route, you can go to localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. That's localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. And if you're enjoying C Sporty, B Sporty, we would be forever grateful if you could leave us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For independently produced podcasts like us, it really does make a massive difference to how far a message goes. And you know that is what we are all about. Thank you to everyone who has already left us a message. It really does mean a lot. <laughs>